Welcome back to the Not Remotely, Not Even a Little Bit Famous podcast, What Really Chaps My Ass. If you don't know me already, my podcast is centered around issues that, as the title would suggest, really chap my ass. Most times I'm going to be political in nature, but other times, not so much. I do promise to always provide a smattering of facts and bullshit within my episodes. Sometimes you can't tell them apart. As a bonus, instead of just bitching and moaning, I may provide some simple solutions that have zero chance of succeeding. Just in case the dozen of you out there are wondering how to connect with me, Facebook page is what really chaps my A. As I've said before, Zuckerberg doesn't like ass. Email is what really chaps my ass 365 at gmail.com. So feel free to send me an email, leave a comment on my page in Facebook. That would be great. And now that that's out of the way, let's get on to the disappointment. All right, all right, we are back. And we learn that Matthew McConaughey is thinking about running for the governor of Texas in 2022. Honestly, the announcement could have been from Kermit the Frog or Betty White or an ashtray, and I probably would have agreed to contribute to the campaign because it would have been hopefully resulting in the retirement of the Honorable Governor Abbott who threw shit to the wind and said, let's get everybody into Texas Ranger Stadium. 100% capacity. Let's do that. But on Mr. Matthew, do do I go with the guy who stopped dating Penelope Cruz on purpose? I'm not sure if that's so mentally sound. Anyway, on to this week's topic. Cancel culture. Oh, fuck, it's that again. Every day, cancel culture, cancel culture, cancel, cancel, cancel culture. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't patented that song yet, so hands off. But really, you know, back in, I want to say, back in February when I was doing the Marjorie Taylor Green episode, I thought I might have more to say on cancel culture. Just, you know... Just a guess. Turns out, I do, which is completely good news for you 12 chapassers out there. Aren't you excited? As again, I'm doing this by myself. I don't see anybody out there. I'm going to pretend. This, this is how I do it anyway. And while I focused a decent amount of energy back then on Representative Green, uh, hold on a second, that sounded really formal. For those of you thinking I'd be respectful of her by addressing her as, you know, representative, you all don't understand the game of word association that I play with myself. I play with myself. That's different. I I, I play the game of word association with myself. That's how I should have phrased it. That's better. Look, whether I play with myself or not is not going to be revealed in this podcast. So my word association game for green... Uh, oh, fuck it. Who cares? She, she's just, I don't know. She's a piece of shit, an overinflated, egomaniacal, muscly, armed space cadet. What the fuck? At least, well, 
At least I've given her the rank of cadet, I guess. No, no offense to all you cadets out there, space or otherwise. Anyway, this week I really wanted to try to focus on the words cancel culture. And if you don't know me by now, you will never, ever, ever know me. Okay, that was super bad. That's my demo tape. Seriously, if, if you don't know me by now, and you have the patience to continue listening to me, I promise no more singing, you will come to understand that I try really hard to make sure my opinions are very, very clear. And I suppose I'm just uncomfortable, I guess, letting a meme or very few words become a symbol for what I believe. And symbols, I think, are really, really interesting because so many people either let symbols speak for them or they assume a symbol speaks for someone else. I do think that we've become an abbreviated society that can't spend the time to figure things out for themselves. So they create these shortcuts or they oversimplify things just because they can't be bothered to understand. And for me, it's important that others hearing me can't misinterpret what I'm saying. Although, look, I'm, I'm sure that's still going to happen because I put the emphasis on the wrong word or I don't say exactly what I'm thinking at any given point. I can't prevent it completely. Very few things are clear-cut and black and white, obviously, right? But capturing an audience and holding on to them requires me to be super clear super quickly. And that's the end of my fucking podcast. There's no, there's no way I'm going to do it super fast or super quick or super clear. So I'm going to confuse the fuck out of you, but hopefully it makes sense at the end. In all, in all seriousness, though, I, I think I will be covering symbols in an episode coming out here in the, in the next few weeks. But back to this thing called cancel culture. Like, what the fuck is that anyway? I really don't want to start talking about things that are canceled, were never really canceled, should be canceled, all etc. At least not yet. Because if I'm going to talk about these things, like Dr. Seuss, I should be able to define exactly what cancel culture means, right? If I'm going to say something is something, then I should know what that is, is. Is? Is that a Bill Clinton thing? Whatever. Well, what is is? Otherwise... I'm just like every other blowhard out there on the news that says, oh, watch out there. You know, today it's Mr. Potato Head. Tomorrow they'll take your penis. They're coming for your souls. I mean, it really is fucking stupid that Matt Gates and others like him are so hellbent on oversimplifying an issue that they clearly miss the point. Actually, they probably don't miss the point. They are intentional what, what they know. They, they know they're doing it. He takes Mr. Potato Head more seriously than actual people dying from the pandemic. I mean, I remember the day that he wore the gas mask on the floor of the house as a, you know, he says, oh, I wasn't, be it was public, bullshit. It was a fucking publicity stunt. And you're thinking you can take him seriously? My, my question then and now, who the fuck is in Florida's first congressional district that says, man, that dude gets me. He is on it. He understands. What does canceling someone or something mean? If we're going to try to pay attention to the English language, which I think is somewhat important, canceling means it's not coming back. It also means blackballing, putting them out to pasture, relegating them to an also-ran. What it also means 
is that it's an act of perpetration. It is not voluntary that's done by that person or thing being canceled. That's what cancellation means. I don't cancel myself. Why the fuck would I do that? Probably spare some listeners. But this is exactly what's wrong with this lightning rod that the Trumplicans, the second coming party twice removed that I mentioned in a prior episode, they've made their number one issue about things that either do not matter or they're twisting and perverting the issue to their favor, sometimes both. And yes, I get it that everyone plays politics. They play games with words. They twist them around to fit their narrative. But what is the platform here? What is it for these folks, the Gates and Jordans and, and everybody else, the, the Arizona Party Republicans, the, the CPAC and all that? I haven't even started talking about CPAC conference. But Jesus, I don't know if I have the patience for that. But what are they for? They don't think we're free. They think we're under attack from communism, from globalism, from Mexico, virtually all of Latin America. We're in danger of losing our liberty. Mark Levin on Patriot Radio. I listen, I listen to these people because I want to understand why they're so fucking angry. I mean, you don't have the market cornered on freedom and liberty. All of us want that. Everybody, regardless of what you think. How these charlatans have defined freedom and liberty is the real issue. And many have bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. Ted Cruz has done some fundraising off of signing Green Eggs and Ham, giving him out for every $60 he raises. His John Hancock, see how I pronunciation and punctuation is super important. His signature inside a classic book is like putting undercarriage lighting on a 57 Chevy. What the fuck would you do that for? Yes, I said undercarriage. That's probably what I think of Mr. Cruz. Taint. I suppose I could display one of those signed books right next to my chalice that's waiting for the my pillow guy to fill it with Kool-Aid right before the fucking comet comes and takes me to a dimension where Trump actually won in a landslide. Fuck, where are my purple Nikes? Who the fuck would buy that book? If anyone can get me that mailing list, I would greatly appreciate it. I could go into Amway tomorrow and be a fucking millionaire. Getting people to define trivial ass shit being canceled as on the same level as a threat from a mob is one of the greatest mind fucks ever. Not to mention that the Seuss estate are the ones who decided to stop reprinting and publishing certain books. Only six of them, by the way. Green Eggs a Ham wasn't one of them. They made the decision to no longer print them because they have reviewed materials from a different angle. They decided that, eh, I'm not so comfortable with how these books might be interpreted by some people. This is not canceling. This is not a mob. This is the fucking free market making decisions. And guess what? More and more people are fucking sick of racist imagery. It's no longer viewed as okay simply because, oh, that's just the way it was back then. Now, I also think that holding people accountable for their views, words, pictures, actions a long time ago might be an overreach. But here's the thing. I also recognize that I'm a white male. 
So me determining what the statute of limitations is on awful behavior or some blackface issue or something like that, you shouldn't rely on me for that because I'm not the best judge. But what is the right amount of time to pass before the seriousness of the infraction starts to wane? It's not a super easy decision to make. I do think that people, I don't know, uncovering secrets from the past, you know, oh, their Twitter feed five years ago. That kind of needs to be tempered a little bit because we've got to be super cautious in assigning current rules and current expectations of normal against prior actions or behaviors. But it also doesn't mean that all past actions and behaviors ought to be grandfathered in. It's not a fucking warranty. And on the Dr. Seuss issue, Ted Cruz, so let me get this straight. You're upset that the Seuss estate or the leftist communist mob, whatever you want to call it, they decided that it was a bit too racist to have Chinese people illustrated with slants for eyes. Africans illustrated as monkeys without shirts. You know what, Ted? You're, you're right. My, God, now that you've brought that up, my freedom is being attacked because part of my childhood remembered slanted eyes. That's being taken away. What the fuck is your issue with that exactly? And then you come and say, oh, it's a slippery slope, that it's Dr. Seuss now, and it's my soul next, right? How is this any different from the Confederate flag being canceled out of state houses and state flags being redrawn and redone? This is the world realizing that enough is enough. There's not a place for outright racist shit. While Dr. Seuss may not have intended it to be because certain things were just accepted then doesn't mean that they're okay now. It also means that those people being, being illustrated in those books and Confederate flag, all these things, these people were marginalized back then and they still are now if we don't at least recognize it. This isn't about nostalgia. That, that's fucking horseshit. It's not about reparations, though. It's not about apologizing for history. It's reviewing history in a bold enough way to say that we've looked at things with the benefit of having hindsight and determine that this isn't the way we want to be remembered. What the fuck is wrong with that? God, I mean, it, it, there's one episode of a Golden Girls offshoot. It was called The Golden Palace. And I only caught this episode back then, but I didn't really think anything of it. And I watched it again somewhat recently. This is a show, The Golden Palace, which all of the Golden Girls, I think, except for B. Arthur, ended up investing in a hotel, right? And Don Cheadle played the hotel manager in that spinoff. It wasn't on very long. But there, the one episode I'm referring to is called Camp Town Races Aren't Nearly As Much Fun As They Used To Be. And... I thought that episode was incredibly powerful. And it talked about racism in a really good context. I don't want to spoil it for those that haven't seen it. But the gist is that Blanche invites a group, something like the Confederate Girls of the South or something, or you know, whatever it is, some, some meaning behind that. Right? She hangs a Confederate flag from the hotel lobby desk and doesn't think anything of it to invite them in. 
right? She insists that she's not a racist and is merely, it's the flag's merely a link to memories of when she was a kid, really good memories. And as you would think, Don Cheadle's character takes issue with it. One of the overall messages I took from this episode is that, you know, hiding behind nostalgia and just chalking things off to good old times does nothing. It, it actually makes it worse. It, it doesn't mean you have to say, oh, I was a racist then or I'm a racist now. It doesn't mean that you're to blame for it. All it means is that you should look harder, try harder, think about someone else's feelings. This isn't weakness. There's nothing wrong with being more conscious of how your words and actions could be perceived by someone else. You know, I'm reminded by Stephen Covey's famous quote, we judge ourselves by our intentions and others by their behavior. I think there's been different variations out there of that. You know, we judge ourselves by our thoughts and others by their actions, whatever you want to call it. It really comes down to the fact that, you know, it, it, just think for a minute. What you think they mean is not what they mean a lot of times. You've got to be careful with that. But here we go, right? Tough guys like Trump and Cruz and Jordan and Gates and others want you to focus on the fact that you're doing nothing wrong. There's nothing to apologize for. Don't let them see your weakness. You've got to be strong to get what you want. Similar words on January 6th. Yet all we hear from their arguments about canceling Dr. Seuss is that the mob is coming for you. They're playing victims because they can't act like the righteous because they're not. Oh, woe is me. I can't buy a book that has a slanty-eyed Chinaman anymore. What the fuck is your deal? And Mr. Potato Head, holy shit. The world is plunging into chaos and the river Styx's water level is rising. Watch the fuck out. Cancel culture should really be called principles-based adjustment because that's what it is. But you're going to get the argument from the nut jobs that it's not the government's principles that should be used in that adjustment. Yet, in almost every single case of canceling that they are so upset about, it's the free market that is being exercised. These aren't government directives. But hey, while we're on the subject of government directives triggering cancel culture, I'm having a beer now. Sorry, it took a little while in this episode, but because I started going and I didn't want to stop. And I'm back to my favorite high branch brewing in Concord. Um, this week I am having, um, my label's turned the wrong way as I'm pouring this, my bad. Uh, it is just a little bit West IPA. It's one of their. Um, Really, really good West Coast style IPAs. Very, God, I love the, the just the fragrance of the just the pininess to it. It's it's super good. So when you have a chance, if you're in and around Concord, highly recommend the brewery. They 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 take their craft very very seriously, and it's probably not the last time you'll hear me drink the the beer. Um, oh, it smells so good. All right. Um, have to apologize for that little interruption, but I saw kind of the 
the dripping of the condensation down the can. I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. I gotta, I gotta drink this. But let's get back to the government directives, like I said, that, that trigger cancel culture or these cancellations, whatever you want to call them. Why don't we focus on Colin Kaepernick, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, Richard Burr, anybody in the political sphere that had a problem with Trump. But wanted to start with, with Colin Kaepernick because I think that's the most upsetting for me. And, and, and all of these are in the same bucket because they're government directives. I call them that because members of our government called for the cancellation of all three of these individuals and, and many more than that. But very different reasons, right? Colin Kaepernick... Look, I, I have, I have stood for the anthem at every event that has played it. I have removed my hat. I have stood in silence and sometimes mouthed the words. I've given the evil eye to those that who dared to talk during the anthem or were doing something that I felt was disrespectful, right? Chowing down on a fucking hot dog or something. I can tie my rationale for this back to September 11th in 2001. And at the time, I lived in New York and worked about a block away from the Trade Center. And I'm not going to break into details during this episode, and, and maybe someday. I'm not sure that I'll be able to, to do that and, and just keep my shit together. But the general point of me bringing this up is to share with you my deep appreciation of our men and women in military and our, just my sense of country. I, I, it is important to me. That day and the events that followed triggered for me like this unfiltered patriotism. Seeing what I saw that day just sparked a belief that we'd come out of these days stronger than we were before. And, and you know, hearing the national anthem brought me to tears many times, and it still does on occasion. However, when, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee a few years ago, I have to be honest and say, initially, I didn't get it. I, I, I didn't understand. I mean, look, man, this anthem is supposed to be a unifier. Knock it off. Take your, take your issues up in another way. Right? And I didn't stop to think. I think many people felt that way at the time. And I, I really didn't stop to think about his perspective. I, I thought he was being a troublemaker. But that was the first time. Right? And then I listened to some interviews and I thought some more. My initial thoughts were just misguided. I, I didn't, I, but I didn't lose sleep over the fact that I got it wrong. I didn't have this sense of pride. No, fuck that. I'm not wrong. For me, the flag and anthem had always been symbols of unity, strength, compassion, inspiration. But Trump perverted those symbols and called anyone kneeling sons of bitches, called for them to be fired. He was the president of the United States, for fuck's sake. You'd think he'd have bigger fish to fucking fry. The most powerful person on the planet calling for people to be fired and have their livelihood taken away because he put kneeling on the same level as if someone went on TV shit all over the flag, smeared it with their hands, set it on fire, and then pissed on it to extinguish the flames. Colin Kaepernick led a peaceful way to protest what he felt were injustices on people of color. He drew something 
out of that that it 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 mattered it matters and for the highest ranking official in our government to not even consider his perspective to rally those around him to think the same even slightly think about why he was doing it trump was trying to be the judge jury and executioner this was government led cancel culture period Kinzinger, Cheney, anyone else who had the balls to stand uh, oh, sorry, Liz. Anybody that had the balls to stand on their principles and vote their conscience. Sorry, others in government want to cancel you because you didn't vote in the supreme leader's interest. And before you give me shit about drawing similarities between Trump and dictators, I stand by it. Prove to me he's not a fucking fascist to his core. Fucking goes on and on about Kim Jong-un. Oh, everybody stands up and applauds for him every time he comes in the room. And that's what I want. What the fuck is wrong with you? At the end of the day, I kind of have to give props to the Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, and Ted Cruz of the world. Because they've, they've latched on to an issue that will not go away. Because we will always look to continue to make things better. And if any of that runs counter to some method or toy or actor or book or show or leader or anything else that existed in our history, which is everything, then these extremists can tag it as cancel culture. It, it's fucking brilliant. And it's fucking irrational and fear-mongering and blasphemous. Just watch out when someone finally comes up with a dishwasher that fucking removes all all water from the top of goddamn coffee cups and Tupperware containers. Actually, that'd be, that'd be really great if someone could do that. But that, then again, you know, Trump already tried to cancel regular toilet flushing. So maybe we're on to something here. And now that I'm getting drastically off topic and just getting pissed, I think I will sum up by saying that whiny little bitches Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Ted Cruz, Lauren Boebert, Bobbert, whatever the fuck her name is, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a bunch of other Jim Jones Kool-Aid drinking motherfuckers. They're all at the core of what really chaps my ass this week. Again, here's how to reach me. On Facebook, what really chaps my A is the page. I encourage you to leave comments about this episode or any other. Email what really chaps my ass 365 at gmail.com. I want to thank you again for listening to the episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show when you get a chance. It helps us to reach more listeners in their searches. You love it? Let me know. Share the podcast with every single person you know. Bust in their phone and subscribe for them. If you hate it, step up to the counter, order what you want, slide to the left, pay, and leave. And don't you dare ask for bread. Cheers, my 24 years. <laughs>